Hi, I'm Tyler Saltzi, pastor of Grace Bible Fellowship in Peru, Illinois. Our mission at Grace Bible Fellowship is to magnify the glory of the triune God in Christ Jesus by proclaiming God's word to advance the gospel in our lives and the world. We base who we are and what we do on the good news of Jesus. If you would like to find more information about Grace Bible Fellowship, you can visit our website at www.gbfperu.org. I'm so thankful you've come here to listen to God's Word proclaimed as we seek to understand it and be transformed by it. I hope you find this time meaningful, challenging, convicting, joyful, and even life-changing as we worship through the preaching of God's Word. What does Exodus 28 have to do with us? 43 verses, all describing the garments of the priests that would serve in the tabernacle of Yahweh. What those priests wore was a matter of life and death. If they got the garments wrong, they would die. If they got the garments right, they would live. And particularly today, we're going to focus around the high priest. Because much of the chapter is focused on what the high priest is wearing before the Lord. This is somewhat of a foreign picture to us in our day and age right now. As we look around, one, we don't have a tabernacle. Two, we don't have a high priest here today who is serving before the Lord. For many countries, for many nations throughout the ages, the most important person of that country or that nation was the king. And there was a lot of thought and a lot of intentionality that would go into what the king was supposed to wear. Guess what? When you saw the king, you knew it was the king. Because he was robed in splendor and glory and all of the expense that all of the nation could muster was poured into his clothing so that you knew this guy is important. This guy is the king. But in Israel... Here, we're not told about the clothing of a king. Why? Because Yahweh is their king. But here is someone who is clothed with glory and with beauty, who stands in the presence of the great king to serve the king. And so what is this telling the rest of the nation of Israel? This person is important. We have one king, and that king is Yahweh, but this man who is consecrated and who is set apart, he is important, and what he wears in the presence of the king is important, and what he wears is actually to reflect the greatness of this king. Did you hear it there in our verses this morning, that he is clothed with glory and for beauty. He is clothed with holy garments, garments that were to 
reflect the holiness of God. So here is this most important person. And did you also notice how it was Yahweh who selects his priests? These priests, these people who would be serving in the tabernacle, who would be offering sacrifices, who would be taking care of the lampstand, who would be putting the bread on the table of the bread of the presence, who would be there before the altar of incense, that all of these people were actually hand-picked, hand-selected by God. So it says things like this, they will serve me. You will consecrate them, you will set them apart, you will devote them to me and to my priesthood. These are God's men that he chooses, that he selects. The priests and the high priest were not their own, they belong to the Lord. And so whatever Aaron, the high priest, was doing in the tabernacle, in the service of the Lord, was to declare the glory of of this Lord as one who had been handpicked, hand selected by God Himself. Listen to what David says in Psalm 27 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to, listen to this, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Why were the priests, and specifically, why was Aaron the high priest, robed with beauty? Because the Lord is beautiful. Do you think about that in your life? Do you think about gazing upon the Lord's beauty? Have you gazed upon beauty this week? Where have you seen beauty? Where have you been so overcome with beauty that you would say, that is a thing of beauty? Our Lord is beautiful. And as David said, his desire was to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. The priests reminded the people of the beauty of the Lord. And so would we be reminded right now today that we want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord? That that would be our desire? Not only what the high priest wore was important to tell us about God, but it's also important to tell us what we need in order to come into the presence of God. Namely, we need a deliverer. And it tells us what this deliverer is to do on our behalf before the Lord. And so that is what the high priest and the other priests were demonstrating. They were demonstrating the role and the place of a deliverer who would deliver the people of God to bring them into the very presence of of the Lord. As we go through our text this morning, we're going to highlight the three garments, the three pieces of garment 
that were highlighted in the text. The ephod, the breast piece or the breast pouch, and the turban. We see their importance in verses 12, 29, and 38 because these verses, 12, 29, and 38, they all focus on the high priest and him bearing or him carrying something before the Lord. And so our outline then will revolve around these verses. And what Exodus 28 is meant to do for us as we come to it now as New Testament Christians is to point us forward to another high priest, to a great high priest. I said we don't have a great high priest here today, but that wasn't true. We do have a great high priest who is here today, namely Jesus Christ. He is our great high priest. He is the final great high priest. There is no other high priest that we know. And so everything here that's told to us about even the clothing of the high priest is to point to our final and great high priest, Jesus Christ. So as we learn about these garments, these garments that are a matter of life and death, these garments that are to reflect the glory of God, these garments that are to tell us something about ourselves, more importantly and most importantly, they are to tell us about Jesus Christ. So let, not, let us not miss that. Because his ministry changes how we live. The ministry of our great high priest will change the way that you and I live our lives. So number one this morning, our great high priest supports the people of God in the presence of God. Our great high priest supports the people of God in the presence of God. The first piece of, piece of clothing described is the ephod of gold. It's of blue and purple and scarlet yarns, somewhat like an apron worn by the high priest. Notice the ephod is made out of the same material that was made out of the tent. Much of this description of the ephod is not so much focused on the ephod, it's focused on the two stones that are placed on this garment. It says there that they are to take two onyx stones. We remember back in Exodus 25 that the people had contributed onyx stones. So here they take two of those stones, and these stones are to be placed on the garment. They are to take two onyx stones. They are to take these precious stones. They are to engrave or inscribe on them the Twelve names of the tribes of Israel. Six names on one stone, six names on another stone. And they're to be listed in the order of their birth. These stones then are to be set in gold filigree. Gold filigree would have been like a metal type of lace. This ornament that's skillfully crafted. And so these stones are set in this gold filigree. And where are they put? They are put on the shoulders of the high priest. Namely, one stone on one shoulder and one stone on the other shoulder. Why did he do this? Why is this the direction? Why is this the instruction? 
Well, again, look at verse 12. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for remembrance. Aaron, the high priest, was representing the people of God in the presence of God. He was going into the presence of God on behalf of the people, and it was to be what? For a remembrance. To remind the people that the Lord, the God over all, had made a covenant with them. To remind them that the Lord will not and would never forget them. It is he who had told them, if they keep his covenant, they will be his treasured possession. They will be to him a kingdom of priests. They will be to him a holy nation. Oh, what covenant they will have with their Lord. What a special privilege, what honor, and what glory. Remember your people, O Lord. Would he ever forget? Does the Lord ever forget you? Let's be honest. Let me ask that again. Does the Lord ever forget you? Psalm 13 says this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take Counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day long. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Does the Lord ever forget you? You might be quick to say no, but guess what? Sometimes... It feels like it. Sometimes this is our heart's cry. Lord, how long will you forget me? It does not look like your face is shining upon me. It does not look like you even like me. But it does not end there. (laughs) But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Does God forget? No, he doesn't forget. Sometimes it feels like he forgets, but when we feel like God has forgotten us, let us go back and trust again in his steadfast love. Let us go back again and rejoice in our salvation. Let us sing with whatever word that we can muster out of our mouth to him who, what, has dealt bountifully with us. No, no, the Lord has not forgotten his people. He has remembered his people. He has loved his people. He has dealt bountifully with us. He has lavished his grace upon us the shoulders of the high priest represent strength Aaron was carrying the people on his shoulders as a sign of strength into the very presence of God Why did he do this? (laughs) Because the people could not carry themselves. 
The people had no ability to stand in the presence of God. They needed a strong high priest to carry them upon his shoulders into the very presence of God. And this is where the beautiful picture of Jesus Christ as our final and better high priest is so poignant because now it's Jesus Christ supporting us. It's Jesus Christ carrying us. It's his strength holding us up in the very presence of God. What we need is a strong, great high priest whose shoulders will carry us, will carry all of our burdens before the Lord. Jesus is strong, and his strength is sufficient to support you into the very presence of God. He will not let you down. He will not let you fall. In fact, look with me at Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. If you have something to mark Hebrews 4, we'll be coming back to it a few other times. But Hebrews 4, verse 14 Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. How strong is our great high priest? Our great high priest is so strong that he died on the cross, that he was buried in a tomb for three days, that he rose again from the dead, and then he ascended into heaven where now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Is our Savior strong? He defeated death. Do we need any further confirmation that Jesus is strong enough enough for us and that he will never fail us? Well, look at Revelation 2. Revelation 2. Revelation 2, verse 17. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. There's been a lot of debate about what this white stone is. Some think of it as a stone of victory, a white stone given to victors of a race or some competition. Could be that. What though if we read this Stone in the context of our passage in Exodus 28. So now there are not two stones, there is one stone. And this one stone is not an onyx stone. Onyx usually is black. Now this stone is white. So a transformation is happening here. Two stones to one stone. Black stone to white stone. We started with 12 names. Now we just have one name written on it. 
And if those stones were to remind the Israelites of their covenant with God and God's covenant with them, what is this stone doing? Well, this stone is a better stone, a stronger stone, because this stone is reminding us of the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ. And now this covenant is dependent upon him. It bears his name. He has kept the covenant. He has sealed the covenant and so our relationship with God the Father is strong and can never be broken. The love that we know from God can never be taken away. That's how strong Jesus Christ is. This is the white stone that has a new name written on it. The name that is above every other name is the name of Jesus Christ himself. A covenant that is secured by his blood that he shed upon the cross. Jesus is the mediator of a new and better covenant, a covenant that can never be revoked. It can never be forgotten. It can and never will fail at any point, but it will save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you need a strong Savior this morning? In the midst of your weakness, in the midst of your trials and temptations, when I fear, my faith will fail. Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, Christ will hold me fast. He'll not let your soul be lost through life's fearful path. Jesus Christ is a strong high priest who will not fail. Let's pray. Forgive us, O Lord, when we do not believe that Jesus is strong enough. Forgive us, O Lord, when we think he has forgotten us. Forgive us, O Lord, when our faith is weak. What a high priest we have in Jesus. How secure is our relationship with you because of him. We have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who passed through the heavens. Who is now ruling and reigning who is now ministering to us, who is now caring for us. How strong is our Savior? His rule and His reign is bringing all of His enemies underneath His feet. And the last 
enemy to be destroyed is death. Thank you for the life we have in Christ. And Father, if there is someone here today who does not know this strong Savior, who has not put his or her faith or trust in him, that today they would run to him. Today they would put their faith and trust in him. Today they would know the warmth of your forgiving and gracious embrace where you would bring them into your family, where you would clothe them with light, life, where you clothe them with goodness and righteousness, where you clothe them with peace and mercy. What glory, what splendor awaits them. Oh, Father, let them not put it off. Let them not think it a mundane decision. But let them see it as a matter of life and death. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.